Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Dude, turn off your camera, man, and put that thing away. (laughs) Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. If you're into mute buttons and debates, then you're listening to the wrong show. Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome to the podcast. Lots of vendors would like to silence. I'm your co-host, Joel Quibby Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. Put that thing away. So wash. On this week's episode, Handshake is one hell of a pickpocket, automation is coming for you, HR, and make sure that laptop camera is off before firing up the Pornhub. Here comes your favorite Not Safe for Work podcast about work. We'll be right back after paying some bills. Whether you're struggling to fill high-volume hourly roles or looking for long-term full-time talent, your recruiting toolkit needs to be lean and mean as you adjust with fewer resources, tighter budgets, and rapid hiring needs in a saturated and competitive market. Posting jobs shouldn't be a lengthy, risky, or fruitless process. You can count on Job AdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management so you can focus your energy on the big picture and human aspects of recruiting top talent. Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Simply upload a feed of your jobs and set your budget in less than five minutes. We do the rest. Getting an influx of applicants already that just aren't the right fit? JobAdX presents your jobs to targeted candidates based on their job preferences to get granular. Now your advertising spend can go towards more relevant candidates, not just more applicants. What's more, your JobAdX programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Send us a note today with your unique challenge to see how we can help you in the new state of recruiting. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAdX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. It's debate night, Chad. Oh, dude. Election day is coming. And, and Halloween, by the way. Well, Halloween came early to the Soash house in the form of an iSims goodie box. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, kid. Not to mention, uh, we uh, had some time with Susan Vitale earlier this week. So there's going to be an interview coming soon. Now we know where all that money's going for the uh, the the celebrity speakers at their <laughs> conference because they downgraded my Yeti from two years ago to a Coleman tumbler. So you're such a fucking elitist. I swear. Hey, you know what, dude? There's a lesson in this. If you're a vendor, 
you got to up your game. Like if you're not giving away Patagonia stuff, Yeti stuff, like just don't bother. Fucking elitist. It's a good thing our t-shirts are such good quality. God. That's the mantra we live by. Yeah. Yeah. Just let's make sure that that happens. Before we get into anything else, we have to make sure that we understand that now through the social Mm -hmm. universe and polls that Michael Myers is more scary than Jason Voorhees. That's right, kids. Halloween over Friday the 13th. Here's my thought, though, is that personally, I think you hamstrung Jason with your creepy, horny teenager comment. Oh, like I'm the first one to ever make that comment. Oh, out loud? Probably. Oh, come on now. Let's go search YouTube later. So okay. <laughs> Let's keep it positive for a second. Uh, shout out to our girl, Abby Cheeseman. That's no right. relation whatsoever, but she uh, welcomed... Uh, I'm dubbing him Pepper Jack Cheeseman, uh, or Jack Cheeseman, as his parents probably call him, to the world. Welcome, Jack. We need more Cheesemans in this world, and damn it, it's a boy who's going to create more Cheesemans. So there you go, so wash. Just as long as it's not in your 23 chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> Question from Neil Dunwoody right out of the gate over in the UK. He asks, why are so many recruiters ghosting candidates after the interview? So, Joel, yep. why are people getting ghosted? I know it's around Halloween, but what's what's going on? Well, I'm having a problem getting ghosted by babysitters. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I want to have a date night with my wife, but it's becoming harder and harder because babysitters just, they say they're going to show up and then they don't. And I don't know. It's, it's a youth problem, maybe. It's a culture thing, I guess. Like nobody learns civility. No one learns responsibility anymore, I guess. It's just easier not to show up or not answer a text than to step up and say, you know what? I don't want to do it. Uh, maybe it's I don't want to hurt feelings thing. I don't know. You're, you're so much like a millennial because you make every question about you. So, Neil, I'll answer your question, my friend. I like talking about nothing more than myself. Think of all the candidates that are out there today and all the recruiters that you don't have, right? So it's it's really a scale issue. And I think it's one of the reasons why companies are looking to automation and why we're seeing so many companies on the vendor side actually doing well. They're getting a lot more RFPs. They're getting a lot more leads coming in. And it's because of this problem. It's scale. And as soon as we understand as human beings, we can't scale fast enough, but tech can do a lot of this stuff and do more scaling. There you go. And then hopefully by then we'll have robot babysitters and then Joel will be okay. Don't forget one of our favorite quotes from Amon Brar, who said, chatbots are like anti-ghosting magic. So maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the cure. I don't know. But Canvas doesn't exist anymore. Okay. You beat me to the punch. You beat me to the punch. Okay. So shout out to gocanvas.io, uh, my favorite domain. And I know it's close <laughs> to your heart. Uh, gocanvas.io, which I've made fun of so many times since they launched, uh, is now gone. It is now redirecting to Jobbite. Rest in peace, gocanvas.io. It was going to happen. That's all I have to say about that. Big shout out to Victoria Conley from Philly for entertaining Twitter snark. John Salt out of London. He loves the podcast. And Aaron Stewart, formerly of England, now in Austin, Texas. He Mm -hmm. loves him some beer drop. Joel, tell him about beer drop. 
No, sure. Beer Drop, free beer. Uh, so head out to beerdrop.net. <laughs> We've partnered with Adzuna, who wants to build that brand in America. And by golly, they're going to do it with us drinking beer. Uh, so head out to beerdrop.net. Give us your address. Don't worry, we won't show up in a in a Jason Voorhees mask. And you'll win a chance to win free beer and maybe get on a Zoom call and talk shop or t- taste test or I don't know. It could get crazy, Chad. Beardrop.net. And it's contactless, my friends. It's coming straight to your front door. That's right. We are COVID friendly here at the Chad Cheese Podcast. Shout out to uh, NASA. I don't know if you saw this today. NASA is connecting with asteroids. This just blows my mind. This is Armageddon. Is what we get is. caught up. <laughs> yeah, we get caught up in elections and hating each other and uh, civil war and <laughs> Russian interference and. There's still really cool shit happening at NASA where they're actually touching down on asteroids, taking samples. They're apparently dodging space material that's the size of buildings. Just really cool shit. Shout out to NASA. Yeah. I just keep thinking of Bruce Willis landing on that asteroid. Shout out to John Thurmond, host of the podcast HR Social Hour Half Hour. Wait a minute. That's confusing. He uh, gave us a big plug this week on Twitter. Uh, We connected and talked pod shop and uh, it was lit. Uh, Also, (laughs) I've heard that uh, Tom Horobin over in the UK, he actually left the recruiting industry, but he still listens to the Chad and Cheese podcast. So big Mm. shout out to you, Tom. You keep listening, man. I don't know what I don't know what your problem is, but you keep it up. Yeah. And uh, last but not least in this barrage, Joshua Seacrest, who is head of McDonald's Global Talent Strategy. He loves the podcast. And uh, I don't know if it's just me, but whenever I hear the name Joshua, I think mm-hmm. of Gary Busey and Lethal Weapon. Mr. Joshua, remember? Not Joshua Tree, YouTube's best-selling album. No, I can't stand you too. That's that's you and that's me. By the way, anytime you call me a millennial, I'm going to bring up the fact that you, you said lit in a, in a <laughs> shout out. All right. If we're doing a machine gun shout outs, um, shout out for me for, to, to Quibi, 1.7 billion raise, 3 million uh, in revenue, 63 million spent in advertising, Dead. six months in and they're shuddering. Are you yep. fucking kidding me? Um, shout out to Google, who's going to face antitrust uh, legislation. We'll see what happens. Search engine and how it impacts jobs, which we'll certainly be talking about on the show. Yep. Shout out to Big Ten football, which returns this weekend. Ohio State, Nebraska. Yes. Shout out to Bennett Sung, a marketing guy at Humanly. By the way, make sure you catch that firing squad, which debuted this week. Bennett on LinkedIn actually gave a guide to surviving the firing squad, which I thought was just awesome. Uh, shout out to Chris Dunn. I was a guest on his Best Hire Ever podcast. So feel free to check that out. And The Social Dilemma, if you have Netflix and haven't watched it, I recommend it. Chad, I think you'd probably recommend it as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and lastly from me, uh, Crelate recently produced the Recruiter's Guide to Text Recruiting. That's Crelate. C-R-E-L-A-T-E dot com. And it features a quote from your boy. 
And that's it from me for shout outs. So a little Sherm Smackdown action. This is funny. First and foremost, why do people become members of Sherm? Peer pressure. Is that what it is, you think? <laughs> it's like Peer all these pressure. certifications. Well, how come you're not a SPHR or Allidocious? Student funneling. So kids in college are told they have to be in Sherm and they join Sherm in college and then they just stay members the rest of their lives. It's a racket. So I received an email from uh, a few Sherm members that was actually a pitch for the Sherm Payroll Solution, which is basically a white-labeled money network platform. And here's a quote from one of the the Sherm members, quote, Mm -hmm. wow, Sherm selling bad payroll software to members, but presenting it like it's a benefit. This Adam San seems slimy as fuck, end quote. This dude, Adam San, is the chief growth officer for Sherm. And uh, Sherm members pay dues. Mm-hmm. So you would think that they wouldn't get this this bullshit. It, is Sherm the new Amway? <laughs> That's harsh. You know, you know, they have some prime real estate there off of Duke Street in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and they got to pay for shit like that. So they got to make money somewhere. Uh, So if it's like blessing uh, technology solutions, then so be it. But yeah, I think membership is eventually going to put up with that or they're not. Um, But certainly picking winners in technology is not the business Sherm should probably be in. Um, They should be pretty agnostic in terms of that stuff. So that's questionable. But yeah, the membership will speak and guide guide the organization as it should. And if they don't like it, uh, they'll stop doing it. But knuckleheads like us who don't give a dime to Sherm, uh, they could probably give a shit what we think. So events really quick, really quick. October 27th coming up this week at 2 p.m. Eastern time is Friendly Discourse. It's round two, Chad Sowash versus Jim Stroud. We're going to be talking about Facebook's docking of employee pay. Should individuals who are living in Silicon Valley when they move, should they be pay less because of uh, cost of living? We're going to be debating that, having a great time. Check out the socials on how to register. It should be a great time. If you're listening to this afterwards, go to circaworks.com. Check out uh, their events. We'll be there and you can watch it recorded. It's all good. Topics? Topics. Okay, so this one we're gonna be we're talking about handshake getting eighty million dollars. So, if you, my friends, are subscribed to Chad and Cheese in your pocket, you already know this because we sent this out earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And if you're not subscribed to Chad and Cheese in your pocket, Joel, how do you do that? Yeah, you just uh, text C C. Those are the two letters C, the third letters in the alphabet, if you're paying attention. Text CC to 833-799-0321. Again, that's text CC to 833-799-0321. Yeah, it could be a jingle, folks. 833-799-0321. Powered by Emissary.ai. Hell yeah. So, so Handshake. What do you know about Handshake? Handshake, what, yeah, what we grew up with, uh, I don't know, there, there were quite a few college recruiting sites. Um, college Recruiter, we know really well and is still oh, around. Yeah. But so, so it's sort of a new spin on an old model where a company gets college kids to put in their resume or their profiles, and then they go to colleges and, and employers to build partnerships. And then they sell access to these students to, uh, to employers. 
And if you get MIT and Harvard and other really good schools to, to have their students put their stuff in, it becomes pretty valuable. And Handshake, uh, which launched in 2013, so it's not that much of a startup, but still technically, I guess, has done this. And uh, they're, they're in the news for raising $80 million this week, which is a lot of fucking money. They've raised $154 million total, Whew. founded by three dudes. That is now a, a company of 220 employees. 7 million active student users, uh, more than 1,000 college and university partners, and more than 500,000 employers. The big selling point and the reason for the money is virtual career fairs. Uh, they're really, really confident that they can get a lot of, lot, of, lot of companies to get access to these kids for a lot of money virtually because no one's meeting face-to-face on college campuses these days. Yeah. And that brings their valuation to $700 million. Yeah. I mean, more, more than wow. career- and monster sold for by the it's way. it's ridiculous the, the, their revenues appear to be around 40 million uh according to to zoom info uh grojo and owler and i got some amazing insights from our friend steven rothberg over at college recruiter love it which is they're, they're in the same space but they're not they're, they're kind of like fringe competitors they're not like head-to-head competitors so he was able to give me some some really good insights and there's also a history lesson here. So let's 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 talk about Handshake first. First, Handshake's business model seems to possibly put career center service offices out of business. Handshake is providing services that most career service offices provide, which seems like a logical extension for outsourcing. And from my standpoint, this seems like a Trojan horse waiting to happen. It's less money at the possibility of higher quality than the the schools can provide and or afford, not to mention we have COVID happening, right? So budget cuts are going to be happening with COVID and this might be a prime opportunity, hence why they're getting $80 million to prospectively take over as career service offices. Let's take a look at history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember JobTrack? I do, but many of our listeners probably don't. Yeah, JobTrack was really the main platform back in the day, about 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a campus and career center friendly platform that uh, pretty much owned the college recruiting market until monster.com bought them, mm-hmm. rebranded to monster track, and then started on this same line of thinking, mm-hmm. get rid of the university career services, use monster track, and you'll cut costs, save money and have scalability. Well, the career center directors obviously weren't happy with this and went to NACE, the national association of colleges and employers, their professional association, asking them for help to head off monsters play. So NACE contacted direct employers, and this is where me and the team over there came in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And together, we, uh, with NACE and the Career Center directors, created an entirely new platform called NACELink. And we were able to head off Monster Track, which eventually really died. I'm not sure that this Trojan horse is going to be able to be headed off like that one was. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, the, the virtual career fair thing is super hot. Uh, I know that we talk about it regularly. I know uh, sponsor recruitology and all the chat bots are trying to do it uh, yeah. and, and do colleges do it as well. That's really left to be seen. I know college career centers are quite a cost center. Uh, for for schools, so yeah, you know, you you mix that with sort of COVID and and 
re- the reality of the world we live in today, but you also deal with, you know, structures that have been around for a long time. And you have a, an organization that, you know, appreciates tenure and longevity and sort of stability. So when you have these companies come in, these dot coms, so to speak, and try to like mm-hmm. maneuver in and take over, um, schools don't like that a whole lot. Their investors seem to think the the virtual career fair industry alone is a billion dollar opportunity for them. Very valuable schools are going to be threatened at some point. Whether these guys dodge the minefields and make it successful is left to be seen. But the numbers kind of speak for themselves. They're on a trajectory that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think there is a a big danger of the traditional career center director and staff Mm -hmm. being decimated by this, uh, mainly because of COVID, because uh, universities are going to be looking at areas to be able to cut costs. Yeah, uh, because they're not going to be able to fill the the uh, the seats like they used to until they can really get into uh, an understanding of what hybrid learning looks like. But overall, I mean, these these platforms, uh, they're going to be able to help, I think, connection between individuals who couldn't make the uh, the, the trek. Let's say, for instance, like the, the big brand names who could yeah. spend the money versus the smaller guys who just couldn't spend the money. So there is a level playing field that could happen here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine we, we talk about timing being so important to success and these guys, like you couldn't ask for a better thing than to have an inside with colleges and then have the whole world shut down, but still have employers still want to have access to these students. Right. Voila, virtual career fairs. And these guys were in the right place at the right time. Well, now you need a challenger brand because these guys are obviously they're they're heading everybody off at the pass. Mm -hmm. Now you need a challenger brand. So what's the challenger brand that's going to come out and be that number two and give universities a choice because from my understanding handshake is ninety thousand dollars a year for employers to use now again we were talking about before how we could level the playing field that's not going to level the playing field for some organizations who don't have big brands so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out maybe career builder (laughs) (laughs) no one thing interesting about Handshake is they have reviews, like internship reviews, but they're behind not the paywall, but they're, they're behind the membership wall. So only students can read the reviews for the most part and the employers can as well what's said about them. But they've yeah. really built their brand a lot largely on the backs of the reviews that are on the site that students really love. They love to get the nitty gritty about what it's like to intern at you know, company A and B and C before they, before they sign up. And one thing that you could have a review on is Mm -hmm. how shitty some of those job postings are. (laughs) Holy shit. This got you all fired up this week. So Adam Gordon of candidate ID fame. uh, Hi, Adam. Yeah. Hey, Adam. What's up, bud? (laughs) He brought the following job descriptions to our attention on LinkedIn and Facebook and so on and so forth. So Joel, I can't think of a situation where the job description is not important. Can you? It's incredibly important. It's it's the landing page by which you get someone to buy or not your product. Yeah. And bad job descriptions can increase bias, drive down female and individuals of color applying mm-hmm. for the job for starters. And the first one we're going to hit up is a company called Cloudflare. Yeah. Cloudflare. Cloudflare. <laughs> 
They had a head of expansion, they currently do have a head of expansion marketing in EMEA, which is located in London. And the requirements are 12 plus years proven experience in EMEA enterprise B2B mm-hmm. uh, with uh, enterprise software, SaaS and or regional marketing, background in networking, info, info security or related job fields a plus. Uh, the next one Eight years of experience leading teams and a strong interest in mentorship and professional development. Eight years. And the experience leading campaign events and field marketing with a track record in hitting targets. And the one they removed was BABS in marketing business or related fields. Graduate degree is a plus. So that is Cloudflare, yep. and they did remove one, but the ones they didn't remove, especially the number one, 12 plus years proven experience in EMEA enterprise B2B marketing. So either someone is really incompetent or someone's been copying and pasting uh, too much in their recruitment career. Yeah, if this doesn't like turn off a lot of people and really relegate who can apply to the job, nothing else. Well, at least they got high energy and curious team leader right in that job posting. Ugh. By the way, I, I, I gave a shout out to The Social Dilemma, which yeah. I know you've watched. And for those that haven't, it's just sort of how social media is built and the algorithms are built to keep you coming back uh, to their site and, and keep you in, engaged. And and one of the things that it was interesting to me, uh, which is sort of the reminder that, you know, when you search something on Google versus when I search something, the the the... the the searches that they recommend are different for you and different for me. The results for right. you are different for you and different for me. And I think people sort of forget that. And I, I started thinking like, why couldn't jo- the actual job posting for people be customized to who they are? And whether it's a business idea out there for somebody or just my curiosity, if you know that someone is you know, a certain age, a certain sex, a certain race, do job postings actually become customized just like search results um, or search queries. And is that a good thing if that does happen? Any thoughts? Yeah, no, you couldn't do that because you're actually delivering uh, different content to different people you could say that it's bias, right? And I mean, you could say just on the, the pure basis that you're delivering different content to different people, it's bias. So that would be that would be an, an issue. What I would say as we go into uh, Revolut and their head of recruitment operations mm-hmm. is that when we set these requirements at such a, a crazy level, we have to realize that most underrepresented individuals who can do the job will not meet the requirements, which means you will automatically screen them out. So let's go ahead and hit this one up. Revolut head of recruitment operations, at least seven years of work experience in process ops driven uh, environment where you led the development of the process. An MS PhD in operations research, engineering, physics, mathematics, computer science, and other related films, head of recruitment ops. Familiar with concepts like value stream mapping, lean production, operations research, and mechanism design, knowledge and experience in implementation of optimization in simulation (laughs) models, mathematic programming. You must have a qualitative background. I mean, it just keeps going. I mean, we're talking about SQL, R, Python, Ruby, Julia, Spark, SAS, minimum GPA. Holy 
fuck? <laughs> this is for a rec- head of recruitment operations. Yeah. <laughs> My mind is just blown mm-hmm. at thinking that, I mean, this is basically Tyler Weeks, right? So what we're doing is we're looking for Tyler Weeks from Intel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the head of their science, analytics, and all of that shit. How many Tylers do you think are out there? Oh, well, we wish there were tons of Tylers out there, but there aren't that many, unfortunately. So trying to recruit that in your language is obviously a, a lesson in folly. You know, another curious thing that I thought of as, you're, as we're doing this, and job postings are awful, like that's not a surprise to people. But shout out to our friend uh, Katrina Kibben of the show, mm-hmm. who's a copywriter. And she's, she sent out a poll recently. I don't know if you saw this. It was like, how much would you pay for a professional to write your job posting. And I I started thinking about like, wow, yeah, why aren't companies employing professional job description writers to write their stuff? Um, And it seems like as we're talking about this, that there's a real opportunity to help companies get away from the copy and pasting of whatever they're doing now or taking old old job postings or old I mean we, we've talked about job postings where someone has to have an ex, have you know 10 years experience in a technology and the technology is four years old like there's such yeah. a disconnect in what companies are putting out there and what is really market worthy in terms of getting the right candidates so there's some real disconnect here and I think we're just highlighting it uh, and looking at potential solutions. There are also platforms out there like Textio, yeah. Get Optimal, that you can run these things through to be able to help you understand bias to, to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest issue here is we need to get the fuck out of the 1950s and stop asking for shit the, the position doesn't need. Sure. If you're a recruiter or you're, in, or you're a TA professional that's allowing these types of jobs to go unchallenged, you're the biggest part of the problem. Yeah. Now imagine when all these big companies give certifications for, you know, things and that companies can't keep up with all the certifications that are out there. I mean, job (laughs) postings are only going to get, you know, more and more challenging to connect with, with buyers. I mean, I know that you look at the, the unbiased angle to this and that's obviously super important and Textio helps you with, with a lot of that. But a lot of this is just salesmanship. Like how do people read what, you know, what verbs and adjectives are appropriate and effective and, and HR folks and recruiting managers just don't have that skill set, and it's becoming more and more important. And this is the basic foundation and the start of where everything's built off of Mm -hmm. everything with regard to this hire all the way through, right? So if you're not putting your time and emphasis on writing job postings, ensuring that you're you're using platforms like Textio and Get Optimal and uh, any of the other ones that are out there, this is the most important piece because one remember one of the things that we always talk about, garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. If we don't do this right, the rest of the whole system is clogged up in fuck. How many how many old schoolers out there are probably longing for the days of five line ads in the newspaper to promote yeah. a job? <laughs> All right, man, let's take a break and uh, we'll talk Starbucks and boomerang layoffs. Layoffs? Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. 
five line ads that blows kids minds what's that like posting a job in five lines in a newspaper blows people's minds like how did that <laughs> how did that happen it did that's those are the days when we lived on column inches that's mm-hmm. what it all came down to now we live on caffeine inches which brings us to starbucks that's exactly right so to to set this up in 2015 mckinsey and company reported on being able to have a company with more diverse representation and senior management would likely achieve greater profits. That was backed up by a 2016 report from the Peterson Institute for International Economics. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. Starbucks is looking to tie executive compensa- compensation to diversity. Right. Some would call this really overt quotas. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, a little bit of digging in, into the news here. Uh, so Starbucks announced that they have a goal to boost the number of people of color within its company by 30% among corporate employees and 40% among its manufacturing and retail workforce. Uh, the goal here is to do this by 2025. Uh, and like you said, company compensation will be a link uh, to that goal. Uh, obviously, people are you know, motivated by money. Shocker there. Obviously, we applaud uh, applaud this no end. There's a trend in our show every week of corporations, you know, taking the mantle of good. And it's fascinating to watch. Uh, there was a story out of Texas, which we nixed, um, which to me sort of underscored how governments aren't leading the way um, in, in these diverse uh, diverse initiatives. And corporations are. We talked about Oreo, uh, recently, we've talked about a, a myriad of, of companies that are that are doing great things around diversity. And to me, it's one thing to do an ad uh, that sort of pulls at your heartstrings and makes you makes you tear up, and it's another right. to actually set goals and pretty lofty goals, by the way. Yes, and tie it to your compensation. Like that is going to really bring change into the Starbucks um, organization, and it'll be it'll be for the better, and probably hopefully lead to more companies following suit. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You talk about the the the, the Texas pretty much anti-LGBTQ and individuals with disabilities, yep. uh, the rendering of, of, uh, of their policy. Well, also the tr- Trump administration prohibiting government contractors from offering certain types of yeah. racially sensitive and other kinds of diversity training. And I saw this today real quick, apparently threatening um, some colleges with federal funding if they don't cut out the diversity training uh, that they've been doing. So what we're trying to do in making strides to have goals, to have our workforce, the composition of our workforce look like the people we serve. That's that's all good for business. Research demonstrates that. So you would think that anybody who cares about money right? Uh, Would say, well, yeah, diversity is a good thing, which means it's going to boost profits, which means it's good for stakeholders, yada, 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 right? But there's a constant fight in battle. Instead of calling this a goal to try to actually reach some type of workforce composition that that reflects that of the community, we get this pushback of people talking about quotas and people talking about well, wait a minute, this is this is anti-American. It's no, we're trying to become continual progression of what America is. Yeah. And again, we can't return to the 1950s and what Starbucks has done. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about this. Let's talk about what they have done with regard to hiring veterans. Probably one of the best organizations in our country, maybe even the world, in hiring veterans. Not to mention also pay equality. 
They were one of the first organizations to actually say, look, transparently, we are, we are equal in how we are paying our people. Corporate side, franchise side, doesn't matter. So they are, as you had said, they're actually not just talking the talk. They are walking the walk. Yep. I love the commercials, but you're 100% correct. I love this. Yeah. And by the way, uh, who's really happy are Starbucks shareholders um, and Nike shareholders, I know in particular. So uh, in terms of make this making business sense, the proof is in the pudding because shareholders have been very happy with these companies that are making these decisions. So yeah. add off, yeah. add off to, uh, to Starbucks for sure. Well, the companies that are not happy and the people that are not happy are companies like layoffs. You know, Disney, right? And US Airlines and MGM Resorts and and many on of the and brands on and on and on. who have had to lay off. But it's interesting because the, some of these individuals didn't just get hit with one round of layoffs. They were called back and they're getting hit again. Yeah. Uh, this was on CBS News. Yeah. So announced or reported this week. Uh, so among an estimated 36 million workers called back to their jobs uh, after the layoffs, this year, obviously, there was federal funding and a lot of people were furloughed. So of that 36 million, uh, 27% of that have been laid off again. Gee, what a what a treat that must be. Uh, while wow. another 36% were told they could still be laid off again. So boomerang layoffs are going to be a thing that we're going to hear about in the coming months. While Congress continues not to provide additional stimulus, uh, I think one of the biggest glitches in the American healthcare system is being tied to an employer. Uh, and then so people are losing their health care during a pandemic and yep. trying not to catch the virus. Uh, but personally, I'm going to go back into a kind of like a, a Yang gang mode and say, this is a great time to start a pilot for UBI in the U.S. Ooh, now you're crazy. The good news is the, the structure is there to do it, right? Yeah. Before COVID hit, I think a lot of people were like, gee, could we really put money in people's bank accounts automatically? Like, can we, can we really do that? Well, we can. So functionality of actually putting money into bank accounts can be done um, and it can be done again and again. So the, so the structure is there, which ironically, if, if Trump is known as the UBI president, that would be kind of a, an irony. I think, I think the U.S. is a long way from that, um, but I think ultimately for reasons multiple reasons I think that we're going to have to start doing that. I mean, look, we know we know from research that $1000 given to, you know, low income uh middle income folks, that money goes right back into the system. Yes. And and the boom that we saw from, you know, March to now largely has been the money's gone out and the money went right back into companies. So we know that it doesn't get hoarded. We know it doesn't get put into savings or uh, Snapchat stock. It goes into food, shelter, things that people need to live. So, yeah. you know, the seeds are there. The ability to do it is there. Whether or not we have the uh, intestinal fortitude to make that happen, that's left to be seen. Yeah. That'll probably be a while. And then you throw in automation. Yes. Uh, hello. So we had a we had a research out of uh, Switzerland by the World Economic Forum. So they reported this week, automation in tandem with the COVID-19 recession is creating a double disruption scenario for workers 
More than two-fifths of large companies surveyed by the WEF plan to reduce their workforce due to the integration of technology. Uh, A quote here from the WEF was, uh, for the first time in recent years, job creation is starting to lag behind job destruction, and this factor is poised to affect disadvantaged workers with particular ferocity, which I thought was a scary word for Halloween. This goes back to Neil Dunwoody's question with regard to being ghosted by recruiters. And then the answer to that is companies are starting to adopt tech faster than they were Mm pre-COVID. So what happens when things things start to turn, we get, let's say, for instance, we actually get a vaccine and then we're allowed to go back to work. Well, those jobs, or at least those tasks within those jobs, are going to be gone. And that means that individuals are going to have to be reskilled to take those new jobs. Yeah. The good news in the report is that while they're estimating 85 million jobs uh, will be gone by 2025, uh, 97 million new roles will rise. Unfortunately, the skills that it's going to take to do those high you know, knowledge-based jobs, we're going to have to retrain a lot of people to do those jobs. Um, and HR is, is no... Um, isn't immune to this. Uh, I don't know if you saw this as well, uh, Story. Story uh, out of uh, Oracle and Workplace Intelligence of uh, 1,200 staffers um, said that 66% strongly agree that the coronavirus has accelerated their company's willingness to invest in artificial intelligence tools. Um, Elsewhere, the use of employee communication software has grown as more organizations migrate to remote and virtual workflows. company that they highlighted called WorkVivo, which is new to me, uh, has grown 200% since March. Uh, They cater to the growing number of employers managing remote teams. Uh, the, The study he also said that, and I found this really interesting, 82% of people believe robots can support their mental health better than humans. And 68% of people would prefer to talk to a robot over their manager about stress and anxiety at work. So these things that HR has sort of been doing, people yeah. think a robot can do it better, which is not good for, for them. It isn't. And, and that, to me, contests the 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 numbers 85 million lost versus 97 million gained. I do believe that, you know, we, we, we are dragging the U.S., you know, crying and screaming into the future uh, as we talk about fossil fuels moving into green, as we talk yeah. about uh, task-oriented jobs moving into more uh, more critical thinking and analysis and problem-solving types of, uh, of jobs, mm-hmm. sales jobs, customer service jobs. Those aren't going to go away. Yeah. But yet, as you had said, I mean, there are going to be many jobs that just won't be there. The big question is, how are we going to reskill? I hope, it is my hope, that Fortune 500 companies set the standard Mm -hmm. for spending cash on their own people to get them reskilled and not waiting for corporate welfare money from the government to have the government do it. Market forces, baby. Also, by the way, hairstylists are in trouble because you sent me a link. <laughs> Chad jokingly sent me a link about a robot hairstylist uh, that'll be cutting my hair in 2021. So uh, be on the lookout there, salon professionals. There's a robot coming to cut hair. By the way, this the haircutting robot sucks. <laughs> I was thinking it'd probably be better for for Jay because, you know, (laughs) cutting his hair is not easy. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's take a break and really, really close this show out like it should be closed out. Jobvite, the leading end-to-end talent acquisition suite. 
Named a leader in ATS, recruitment marketing, CRM, and onboarding on G2. Kim B says Jobbyte is a user-friendly, passionate enterprise team that takes care of you. Jolly good. Jeffrey R says candidates are constantly telling us we get it right compared to other orgs. Love that. Results driven by AI. Connections built by humans. Jobvite. Learn how you can evolve your TA function at jobvite.com. Dude, turn off your camera, man, and put that thing away. (laughs) I don't want to touch this one. (laughs) Okay. Wow. CNN contributor and New Yorker uh, journalist, I believe, uh, Jeffrey Tubin. What a horrible name, uh, considering what what happened to him this week. My so my wife is a CNN junkie, and so she she first told me about this, and she's like, you know Jeffrey Tubin. I said I have no idea who Jeffrey Tubin is. She showed me a picture, and I was like, oh yeah, I know who the, I know that dude. And she's like, he pulled his penis out in a company meeting, and he's been not laid off, but he's been on he's whatever. And so I'm like, that's fucking weird. Why would you just pull your thing out uh, in a Zoom meeting? So. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I researched a little bit more. And it, so apparently, like details are a little sparse and no one's really reporting this very aggressively. But apparently in between meetings, they were prepping for the debate. He thought the camera was off. He thought everyone was, I guess, on a break. And he decided to uh, relieve himself um, in front of his computer where people could see him. Oh, shit, it's the Chad and Chi show. He was jerking off in front of his coworkers, <laughs> and he's probably done for quite a while. Yeah. The next time someone gets caught doing this on a Zoom call, it's going to be like, oh, man, he got caught tubing. Dude was tubing. He's going to have a new skill set that he can put on his LinkedIn profile when he's looking for that ne- next job. It's going to be master debater. I don't know. Should we really be so hard on him? We out. But that was awesome. (laughs) Thank you for listening to, what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, Pepper Jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.